You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hanson James. And I'm tired, and I'm Milo, and it's been a while. Let's do this. Yeah, let's just get going. It's been a little bit since we've talked, and uh, a few things have happened. The first thing that I wanted to talk about What's your is, <laughs> besides the fact that I had a baby. And... Well, he didn't have a baby. His wife did. Um, if he did, it would have been more of a story. <laughs> That's true. Like, I mean, not literally, <laughs> but my family had a child. Uh, she's doing he has well. a child! And the thing you find out, well, this is baby number four for me, but even though it's baby number four, I still have like been scared she's dead like three times. So just par for the course for, for parenting. It is but... so true. It is so true. Like uh, when pe- I didn't understand that until I was a parent. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my daughter's dead. Oh, okay. It's just everything's good. <laughs> everything's good. They sleep so still sometimes that you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, exactly. Because you're awake so much and you're like, if I'm not awake – Everything must be wrong, and I must have <laughs> failed. I, I must have completely failed. <laughs> but it's going well. The baby's doing well. But you know what? The Jazz are doing really well, and they've had a really nice offseason. I wrote about this a few weeks back, but I honestly, the moves the Jazz were made were kind of what we predicted would be a little bit, maybe, I, I guess, boring to some people in that they re-signed the guys they have, and they stayed pat in the draft. Right. Uh, but honestly, they've done well with what they've had. The first thing we wanted to talk about today is the Jazz did stay where they were at 21. They didn't move up. I don't, I'm don't. i not completely sure if they tried to move up. I'm guessing they did have a few guys they were interested in, but, but the Jazz just didn't really have assets to move yeah, up. Yeah, I think every and, team would like to move up when you say, like, a team doesn't want to move up. It's just like, right, like they didn't want the best prospect in the, in the draft. I, I think it's just they didn't have the pieces to do it like we i think we talked about it right before the draft and we were talking about how you know the jazz had 200 dollars bills in rudy gobert and donovan mitchell but they needed a 50 dollars bill to move up and then all the rest of their pieces were like fives and tens mm-hmm. and so if that so they they had they had the two they had the pieces to move up but it, it didn't make any sense yeah and honestly, the the players they might have moved up to get, uh, we're not getting another Donovan Mitchell who, by the end of his career, if it if he stays on this trajectory, could be a Hall of Famer. That wasn't going to happen. If they knew someone was available like that, I'm sure they would have gone after him. Right. But there wasn't. And they drafted a nice player in Grayson Allen who has looked, um, now that Summer League's over, looked really good and looked like he was ready to contribute right away to the Jazz. 
No, I I agree. He he looked great. I I was I, I think our entire thread uh, we, we posted it right after the draft, and <laughs> I posted on the SLC Dunk Twitter account. We're just like, and SLC Dunk writers are thrilled about this because because <laughs> <laughs> I mean we weren't because. Um, I think there is one part of it where you're like, now everyone thinks that all Utah does is draft white guys because for some reason there is that, that stigma. Yeah. Can we kill that stigma by the way? That is the most ridiculous thing. Utah drafts as many white guys as any other team. Like if any, if anything, there, there are some teams that have gone that, that route. So please, uh, the other thing that, um, Utah um, has really, really, um, uh, that I really liked about the pick afterwards because I was worried a, his maturity levels because of his antics at Duke. Mm -hmm. And if you're an immature guy in this Utah jazz organization, you're not going to last long. You're going to get traded. You're not going to get resigned. You're like, you're going to get worked out pretty quick. And we've seen it with Cantor. We've seen it with hood. We've seen it with Lyles. Um, uh, just if you're not if you're not the jazz like that jazz DNA, and we're not saying like jazz DNA is some like coded word. It's just they have to work, they have to be unselfish, and the other part of the jazz DNA is you have to show a propensity to get better every single year. Mm-hmm. And and if you do not show that propensity to be able to improve year after year, Utah's not going to move move on. They want like their development system is so good. Um, they want to make sure they have people who are willing to be able to make those, uh, make the tweaks in their game, be intelligent enough, and have the the work ethic to be really be able to to do that. Um, that's why Gordon Hayward uh, works so well in Utah. That's why Donovan Mitchell has Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, and Ricky Rubio. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that's just how it how it is. So. I think with Grayson Allen, one thing that I did like from game to game, it looks like he was improving. That's that. That's what a you want to see in in summer league. I think the other thing that I liked in summer league was his competitiveness. I think Joe Ingles is going to be a great mentor for um, for his uh, Sith apprentice mm-hmm. um, in Grayson Allen. Oh, I and honestly so, though. His shooting didn't start off all that well, and I think that was part because he had that abdominal strain, and I think he's out of shape from the draft. Mm-hmm. But I went to that first one, and I think you were there too. I was really impressed by his passing. Uh, yeah, his, his playmaking. His like that. What's nice is uh, I remember everyone was like, "Oh well, you know, Trey Young, Trey Young is having a rough, rough summer league, but at least he can pass it." Well, um, Grayson Allen showed that he could distribute the ball just as well as Trey Young and oh yeah by the way he was drafted at 21 21 and he like by the end of summer league he was shooting it well and I think he just needs to get healthy and we know he can shoot his numbers as a spot-up shooter are really good and so that's not really a a worry of mine I I he's gonna shoot it fine and if he can pass like that mm-hmm. and play within the jazz offense and also his rebounding he was putting up near triple doubles yeah. Which was exciting. I, I came away really excited about what we were seeing from Grayson Allen. Right. Now, like, here's the crazy thing. He averaged in Utah seven and a half, uh, seven, uh, seven rebounds a game. In Las Vegas, he averaged six and a half. That's pretty consistent stuff, and that's against guys who are giving everything they have to grab every stat and rebound they can. Right. So, so I and, and he also guys. had two scuffles. 
Two, which helps two your scuffles. PER. Yes, it, it does. Two, <laughs> two scuffles and uh, like I, I really think, man, oh man, with Joe Ingles and Grayson Allen and Jay Crowder and 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 Tabo, man, that that's some defensive like defensive intensity. I'm not saying he's a great defensive player right now, but I'm just saying the intensity he brings on that end and really gets it, – it, it's almost like a Della Vidovian type uh, troll where you're like, he's not exactly the best defensive player, but man, he's just going to annoy the crap out of somebody. Oh, yeah. He's going to get under people's skin. And you know what? One one important part of defense is rebounding. If if Grayson Allen's on the floor, you're going to end possessions without the other team getting offensive rebounds more often. It's it's going to keep him on the floor. It's going to help him contribute to the team. It's it's a big deal. I I uh, I I just I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to become a starter right away or anything like that for the Jazz. My feeling with him is he's going to be a high level bench player. If he plays and, ten to fifteen minutes a game. And, uh, A, you know he, if he's playing 10 to 15 minutes a game, he's earned the trust of Quinn at that point just because mm-hmm. the Jazz are so deep at this point. And, mm-hmm. and you know he's providing good minutes because you're not getting on the floor if you're not playing defense. Yeah, and if he can shoot like 36% from three and the ball moves while he's on the floor so the offense go, does well, I mean, I, I, I don't see why he couldn't get minutes right away. He's going to... I mean, and that makes that bench unit even more fun when you think you have players like Dante Axum, Royce O'Neal, uh, Grayson Allen, and then you are switching off between Rudy Gobert and and Derek Favors at the center with a stretch four in like Jay Crowder playing probably 20 to 30 minutes a game again. Yeah. It becomes a really nice bench unit that really doesn't fall off that much uh, with the other player. It's just nice. It, the reason he's so nice is because he's versatile. And that helps you play in Quinn Snyder's system. It's it's like it's not that complicated of a system either. You have to be able to pass, you have to be able to shoot, or you have to be able to drive to the basket. And he can do all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. He can do all those things. He's he's a, he's a skilled playmaker. And man, like I hated the pick when it first happened, and I I, I complained about it very openly on the SLC Dunk Twitter account. I might add. Um, mm-hmm. And I took some lumps for it, and and I can't, and I might really deserve them because one of the things that, and I think you were the one who said it, and a ton of other people tweeted at me. They're like, "Well, you know, it is Dennis Lindsay making this pick. You know, this isn't this isn't like Magic Johnson or or the Orlando Magic's GM or anybody else. This is this is Dennis Lindsay, mm-hmm. and so far, like." Even the ones he's quote unquote missed on, like like Rodney Hood, really good mm-hmm. value at twenty four. Ennis can uh, not Ennis Cantor. Um, Trey Burke um, looked like he didn't have the maturity, and then last year in in New York, it looked like he had the tools. Um, mm-hmm. And then you and then Trey Lyles once again, really skilled player. Just the question mark was the work ethic, and still is a question mark, but. You know, he had the tools. So this one, it, it feels like the opposite direction. Like he has like all of the work ethic, all the desire to get better every single game. And the question mark with Grayson Allen that it looks like he started to answer. And once again, you have to put on the big asterisk that it is Summer League. But it looks like there were tools in in in, the, in that toolbox to be able to work with and start to hone. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so that's that's the best you could hope for, at, especially at 21. Oh, yeah. I If the Jazz got another rotation player 10 to 15 minutes a night, and if he honestly does produce that shooting, that's going to create lanes for – he's just going to fit seamlessly. That will create lanes for Dante Exum to get to the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royce O'Neal will pro- provide that spacing. And Jay Crowder will provide spacing and, and Derek Favors. Like, he can already run a pick and roll with Derek Favors, and that's going to be a really nice weapon against second units. What yeah. what second units going to stop that? I like it's going to yeah. be really good. I, the, the, one of the things that I found um, interesting, so we're, we're talking about Summer League, is um, it, I, I felt like there were some guys, uh, once again, there were some really good guys who um, weren't on the Utah Jazz roster or um, a restricted free agent or a two-way that really showed out at Summer League. And um, I know Martin was one, but the one that really stood out to me was Stanton Kidd. Oh, yeah. He was uh, he was a lot of fun. And there was that – I think it was Sportando gave a rumor that Jazz had signed him. Uh, if they did, that's pretty so. – it's a nice thing because he's uh, he looks like a player who can uh, really develop in the G League and and maybe make make a squad. I mean, to make the Jazz squad, uh, his position you've got to be better than Howell Neto. Mm-hmm. Now, like this year, George George Niang made the squad because he had to be better than uh, Jonas Drebko. Yep. And Stanton Kidd looked like that's definitely with his athleticism, he can do some really nice things. And so if he can develop in the G League and you know, he can eventually make that squad. It's not going to be eventually become the Utah Jazz starter, but maybe yeah. he can become someone who gets spot minutes. Yeah, in uh, the future. It, it really does seem that U- Utah in summer league keeps on finding like these six foot nine, like I I I don't know how to put it other than a baseball reference, like a five tool player. Mm-hmm. Like th- th- that they that's can... what that's what Grayson reminds me of. Yeah, well, and that's what, and that's what, like they found it in Royce O'Neal, where you're like he's really undervalued. He gets he gets some experience over in Euroleague, and all of a sudden he's starting to put it together. And then you have um, and they found it in Joe Ingles, and 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 then George uh, Niang started to show that. We'll talk about him a little bit later. And then Staten Kid, all of a sudden, you're like, where? How do they do this? Like literally, how do they? Fi- I remember when that game, and you were at that game too, that first one in Utah, where he comes on, and you're like, okay, who's who's number? I think he was like 25, and you're looking on the on the sheet, and he's like, oh, he's not there, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to the uh, the press the press sheet and just see who this kid is. He's not there. He literally was like signed that morning. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have time to put him on the stuff. He was he was on no promotional material, no press guide, no nothing. And I'm everyone's like googling. They're like, "Kid, okay, well that come like, and it's K I D D. So it's like, thanks Google. This is really gonna. I'm gonna have to search forever for this. And finally, you find Stanton Kid, and you're like, I've never heard of this guy before. And man, he really played well. He had really good athleticism. He could shoot the ball from three. He was defending like a mother effer. And and <laughs> he was and, awesome. He was awesome. And everyone, every like, I think in Utah, especially at summer league, you know you're having a good summer league if the casuals who are sitting around you who are like, oh yeah, I'll hit up a summer league game. I have nothing better to do. Type of people are going there. Like one of the guys, he was like, oh, I didn't really watch college. I, I only caught a few Utah Jazz games. So that's that's his like barometer, right? Mm-hmm. And the entire time he's like, who's that kid guy? Who's that? He's good. 
he's good. Like, look at him. He's good. And he was. Yeah, like, reminded I, me of uh, Eric Griffin last year. Right, right. And and Eric Griffin had a lot more um, – he had spent more time in, Euro, in, in EuroLeague and in G League. So the, the hope is this guy is pretty young and hasn't had to go through that peppering. He might have just snuck through. Mm-hmm. So he was one guy that I was like – I'm really excited for. I hope he gets a two-way with the Stars. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I think the Jazz had a really successful summer league. Uh, George Niang and then also Nazmi True Long, he's the same thing. He looked good. He's been in the Jazz system for a while, and he's got to find a way to beat out Howell. In a, and maybe in a year or two, he will be on the roster. I could see it. He looks, he's quick. He can shoot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan. So I, I think the Jazz had a really successful summer league. I ha- I think it was a successful draft, g- getting Grayson Allen. Honestly, of everything that was available that was left at 21, he's looked to be a steal. Uh, and so I, I, uh, I'm I excited about it. Um, so do you have anything else about Grayson Allen you want to say besides jokes about how he looks like a certain senator or whatever that guy? <laughs> oh, he totally looks like Ted Cruz. And that might be why I semi-hate him. <laughs> It's not his fault how his face looks. Yeah, well, so I, but, but but that's the thing. Like I, I can't change his face. He can't change his face. So I might just hate him, even though he's a great, a great piece of the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. And I be, because it, I'll be like, that's an amazing play. He still looks like Ted Cruz. <laughs> like it's that's okay. gonna be that's gonna like it's a flood of emotions. I, I mean, I'll figure out how to, or might not uh, figure out how to reconcile that. But no, he's he's great. He's dirty. He's dirty as f. Like that's the thing that cracks me up is when I, I like I would say, oh, he's dirty, and people are like, no, he's not. I'm like, he's totally dirty. It's awesome. But that's like being like Joe Ingles isn't a dirty player. We all know Joe Ingles is a dirty player. Like, like it's why we love Joe Ingles. That's why we love him. Like, but like his whole highlight reel. There's a highlight vid- video that dropped what yesterday of Joe Ingles, and mm-hmm. and like half of it, half of it is him just like trolling people, and you're like. He's dirty. We like it, but he's dirty. Like he, you could still root for a guy, and in your heart, know he's the villain. Like it just, it, it like it's okay. It's okay, and it's fine. And 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 if you do, and if you're if you disagree with that, my oh my, then you should never have a problem with a Warriors fan, because I think Warriors fans at this point know they're the villains, and they're mm-hmm. okay with it. Like if. Let's be okay with being being the thorn in the side, and being the thorn in the side means that you're a villain. So it's okay. It is completely okay. Um, yeah. So let's move on to some other free agent signings. Let's let's first go. Let's let's go from the bottom. Like we'll we'll start with Howell Neto because we talked a little bit about you know if you if you want to make the roster for next season, you're the person you know <laughs> next next man out on the bubble is going to be Howell Neto. And so what do you think about the signing? What do you think it means? I just think Howell Neto is a nice player that has always contributed when he's on the floor. Uh, he, I think one of the strengths of this team this year is going to be continuity. And the players are familiar with Neto. Uh, they know kind of what he brings. And so that just helps. That's just going to help the Jazz I mean, I, it's not like this mind-blowing signing. Like, it is. It's a, he's a third point guard on our team, basically. But he, he showed last year when we needed him, when there were injuries, he could come in and provide 10 to 15 uh, solid minutes against bench units. And, 
and it's good. I think there's I I like Howl Netto. I'm uh you know, I it's not going to move the needle too much. How uh, much of it do you think is related to Gobert having his sidekick? <laughs> it could be completely that. And if that's the case, then you just keep him. Right. Like one of the things the Suns did, they traded away or they released Ulyss, um, didn't they? Yeah, t- yeah, Ulyss. They released Ulyss and it pissed off Devin Booker. It, it didn't keep him from signing a 150 million dollar contract or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but you're uh, like, how dare you get rid of my best friend? How's 150 million dollars sold, 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 sold? <laughs> I guess I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trade somehow, him. You can trade the, the whole team. Okay. I don't care. I got 150 million dollars. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think it helps them. I think it keeps the team happy. I think the Jazz have a really great culture, and Neto fits fits within that. And so I just don't think you want to mess with those things unless you have to. Yeah, and, and plus now we the bromance lives on. Now we get another summer of Howell Neto and Gobert traveling the globe as as husbands. <laughs> Basically, I think we've all asked ourselves that question. I, I love it. It's I love the bromance. Like I absolutely, it's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Um, I mean, we we I. It's just it's just good. It's so good. And I love the fact like yesterday on their Instagram stories, they're like posting from the same spot, almost the same exact picture. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I'm like, well, you they, can know what's going on with go Rudy by following where are they going to go this year. Yeah. Where are they going to go? Like last year they went to Brazil and, um, and they gave Brazil a life size, um, oh, like, like a life size Cristo. <laughs> and and so like what are they gonna do this year like that's right last year they went and <laughs> that's right i forgot rudy took the picture <laughs> cristo red and tour whoa okay <laughs> yeah my favorite yeah the cristo red and tour and then they're like i am if i was rudy gobert it would have taken everything in my to be like and and to be like i'm bigger than jesus Oh, Rudy! Rudy really is a treasure. I love him. I like this. This is like Rudy Gobert and Howell Neto provide so much off-season content. Oh, like where would our great. downbeats be if they separated those two? Because I think now that now that like award season is over, like Donovan Mitchell is going to go into full workout mode. So all we're going to get is just workout videos from him. Um. And then favors is not favors is pretty low key, but these two, mm-hmm. these two are going to make things enjoyable. So, no, it's fun, and the best one of the best things about the Jazz is they're so easy to root for. Mm-hmm. So how will Neto keeps that going? The next one, uh, Dante Exum resigns with the Jazz. What was it? Uh, three years, thirty three million, and I was so happy. I don't know if anyone out there knows, but I'm a fan of Dante Exum. And I'm a fan of this signing. I think Dante okay, but, yeah, is Yeah, give us your rose-colored glasses analysis here. <laughs> I'm just giving you an honest analysis. Honest, honestly, <laughs> honest, unbiased. Yeah, let's, let's, just, let's hear it. So, let's hear it, Hansen. Here's the, here's the thing. If the Jazz want to take the next step immediately in terms of becoming maybe a championship contender, Dante Exum has to take a big step. And I think we've been waiting for it. And that's one of the things about this season that's going to be really fun and interesting to see is like does he take that next step does he become like that slashing shooting passing guard 
basically like Grayson Allen, but taller and much faster. And I, I, so you mean athletic? That's 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 an athlete. I think the thing is when people are like Grayson Allen's an athlete, like he can get he can get some air, but I don't consider him like an athlete because Mm -hmm. it feels like it's not as like the only thing that's uh, functional is like his his like the the height that he can jump. The rest of it, I feel, is like is kind of like exam worthy where you're like, yeah, the combine, he really did well. And you're just like, yeah, but it doesn't really show out in the job. So I, that's, that's what I, but with Dante, it's like, Oh, Oh damn. He's fast. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. That's, that's a, that's a first step. And so I'm excited to see that. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Dante's a lot of fun and he showed, even I mean, no, we, the word of the day from Pee Wee Herman with Dante Exum is he showed flashes, but he showed even more uh, of those said flashes when he guarded Harden in the playoffs. If you want to go watch something that's exciting, go watch the last five or six games of the season. Because he was where driving Dante, left. He was, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. He Don't drove left. <laughs> he drove left. I'm, hey, hey, I will. I. It's It's a real criticism. Let's be real. Like it, we started to see less of it, but then he got injured, and then after when he came back from injury, he was right back to driving right until the playoffs, and then it was, and then he was, then we saw what we saw in summer league and in preseason. But mm-hmm. my man, he was driving left. He was like he was finally driving left, but he drove right. He drove right all the time. I'm just gonna say, go watch Game Four of the Golden State Warriors playoff series when the Jazz got swept. That's, that's that's my rebuttal to the drive. <laughs> yeah, like because he did it a couple times in that game. He can't like the dude. The dude's car doesn't have a left turn signal. <laughs> He's gonna like, be really good, and I don't care what anyone says. Like I, he... Dante Exum would drive right three times before taking a left. That that's that a good joke. So. That's a great joke, and you know it. It's subtle, but it's a great show. He's going to drive left a lot this season, just like he did against Andre Guadala in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's a good signing. A, because what dude out there is a six foot, like, I th- last I know he's listed at six foot seven, but I I remember after his, his year, his rookie year, they said he grew. Mm-hmm. So he's probably yeah, six he might be nine. six eight or six nine, yeah. which means maybe he can play the wing. Yeah, he can play. He can play the wing, and he can guard the wing, and he's getting stronger. I think the other thing too is like, what dude with his his athleticism was available on the free agent market mm-hmm. that knows your knows your system already that has his potential? Literally nobody. Um, people who were like, we should sign Marcus Smart instead. That was four years, fifty two. And if you were criticizing Dante Exum, who will, by the way shoots the ball better than Marcus Smart. And by the way, showed the de- like he could be as much of a defensive X factor as Marcus Smart. Um, now Marcus Smart has is like the proof of concept versus Dante Exum, who is the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, it, now you're hoping that okay, if you, if you say the Utah Jazz have the best development system in the NBA, you at the same end have to be able to say, okay, if they have the best development system and. Dante Exum is a better prospect out of Marcus Smart and, and and himself. Then I want to go with Dante Exum and bet and and put money on on the Utah Jazz development system to to work out well. Also, he's had two acute injuries. We talk about this, and I use acute all the time with the uh, with the SLC Dunk uh, Twitter handle. 
Acute meaning they were random. They, this isn't a reoccurring injury. This isn't like his knee and, oh my gosh, his knee is injured again. These are things that just uh, two completely separate incidents that aren't linked. There's, gonna, there's no uh, residual um, pain or anything like that. And he's getting another consecutive offseason with injury-free being able to work hard. That is, yeah. That's a huge deal. I think one factor that we're going to see this year is, and we, and I talked about it last year, Ricky Rubio showed he's really improved, but the Utah Jazz are going to be looking at Dante Exum and say, A, is he the point guard of the future? If not, is he a wing of the future? And B, if he is the point guard of the future, what does that mean for Rubio and what does that mean for us? Because Rubio showed he's really improved. Dante's Dante has a, uh, I think he's a, a bigger part of the Utah Jazz future than a lot of people uh, think and his defense is so valuable like you can throw him out there and all of a sudden you have an Andre Roberson type defender coming off the bench and mm-hmm. oh by the way he's insanely athletic in and in and a really good offensive player um and he's shown flashes of being a really good offensive player so and he's 22 he's 20 freaking two years old he's mm-hmm. 20 freaking two well, years old and, and and you have him until he's 25 and you're going to be able to pair that up with, like, you have Donovan, who's the same age. So all of a sudden, your backcourt of the future is Donovan and Dante, who, and you want to play positionless basketball. Uh, hello. There's your dudes. There's you guys. Yeah, well, and you know what else is when people uh, say Dante Exum slander against either the SLC Dunk account or me, that's also really acute. So. That's a, that's an, that, that, that soon will be an acute injury. <laughs> it's really cute guys when you try to make funny comments because you're wrong i i love dante exum i think he's going to be fantastic if if my dreams come true it'll be dante exum well and the other thing i was going to say to you is uh it doesn't really matter if he's a point guard it just matters if he can become a ball handler and a playmaker right and that's how utah yeah that's and that's the biggest thing with utah utah is not like is he a true point guard utah is just like is he a playmaker? Can he run the offense and can he defend? I don't really give a crap about the label that you put put him in. Mm-hmm. And Dante Exum has shown he can guard he can guard one through four. It showed he can guard the MVP of the league. Yeah, and he it, and oh. well, and I think with the clout that Donovan Mitchell has, that's going to um, allow Utah to play. If anything, this uh, Donovan Mitchell's stardom is going to allow Utah to play to get. Um, some friendlier whistles, mm-hmm. and that's well, and he already, and that's not going to be fun for the rest the of the playoffs. NBA. When they gave mm-hmm. him a fair whistle, he guarded Harden as good as anybody. Yeah, and 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 I think the NBA has been able to <laughs> get some breathing room with Utah because Utah's defense uh, gets gets nitpicked um, in the past. Just just the disrespect, the disrespect. Um, and this year, to uh, quote Shannon Sharp, hey, no problem, no problem. They're gonna, they're gonna be fine. They're That's be a great. pretty good one. That's a great, yeah, isn't that good? Uh, so, so, so yeah, so we're almost gonna... as good as my acute joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, hey, don't go that low. That's 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 rough, man. That's rough. Uh, I'm just kidding. I... I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So, <laughs> you guys, if I hear one more slander of Don, okay. This season is going to be the season of Dante Exum in a lot of ways because if he if he plays really well and if he hits some of the development that we've been hoping to see the last couple of years, this team becomes so exciting. 
I I actually um and I was talking to you the other day just on the phone. I'm just excited to watch this team play because it's a fun team. Like right. that mix of Joe Ingles got me more hyped than anything. And I watched, I rewatched that game where uh, remember when uh, Russell Westbrook said he was going to shut Ricky Rubio down. That game, go back and watch that, and you will grow a love for Jay Crowder that you didn't realize you had. I, I, I that, feel like the end of the Utah Jazz season was like the end of Infinity War, where jazz players are going down to injury left and right, and you're just running mm-hmm. out of bodies. And then it ends, and you're like, ah, oh, but I just want to know what happens. I just, like, what ha- like. Oh, Jazz sequel, Donovan Mitchell, the sequel is going to be freaking awesome next It's going to be amazing. It's going to be, what's really exciting is you have a guy, and here's the crazy thing about Donovan Mitchell. He wasn't even one of the Jazz's top three guys in win shares. Um, And it's because it's October, November, and beginning of December. Horrendous. Um, so he was putting up points, but it wasn't until like mid December where he, he was putting up points and being able to really have a positive impact on the floor. And once he figured that out, my goodness, it was, it was spectacular. So now you're going to have Donovan who, guess what? The game hadn't slowed down for him and he was playing like that. And you're going to get next year, the game slows down. And he's going to learn. He's like he was already starting to learn where he could speed up and slow down and play and 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 control his tempos. And 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 now he's going to. And next next year he's going to be able to. He he. It, it's just like watching a jazz a jazz player, and I'm talking like musical jazz, where they're they're learning. Um, then they're going to be able to learn to play against the tempo. They're going to be able to play over. Um, a different time and with the offense and learn how to play off of it and in it and 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 he, he's going to be able to go into this season knowing the Jazz offense and mm-hmm. and we've seen that with players especially their second year with the Jazz offense of really being able to um, learn when you can break a play when you can take advantage when what like the the release points on what what's going on. And then it really starts to sing. And Quinn Snyder's offense is not known for being it's it's known for being simple and complicated at all all the same time. Similar to the way we we talked about Jerry Sloan's offense with his his Princeton flex, where it was just mm-hmm. like it's really simple, but there are so many variables in one set play that you need intelligent people to be able to read what's being given. And similar to this Jazz offense now. You have Ricky Rubio, who now knows what's what he's looking for and what everybody's doing on every single play. Now you have Donovan Mitchell, who knows where where every guy's supposed to be and where every defender is supposed to be on a play, and knows when to break. Now you're mm-hmm. gonna now you're gonna have Jay Crowder, who's going to know that Jay Crowder, like he was playing in an offense and just improvising the entire time. Mm-hmm. He he never got to see see the sheet music. And which is just put him out there and let him go for most of the season. He's going to mm-hmm. know what's going on. So, and all these guys now are going to know what to do. And Tabo is going to know what to do. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to watch these guys really be able to take those next steps. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, the final signing and the one that uh, was probably the feel-good signing of the offseason is the Jazz re-signed Derek Favors 
to another to a big two year. What is it? Thirty six million dollar yep. contract. Two year, thirty six. It's an interesting one because it, he gets paid, but he doesn't have the power uh, in the negotiation in his second year. Mm-hmm. So, which tells you one about the market. Um, that that he was willing to be like, I'm willing to take the chance of the Jazz owning my rights to get more money. Um, but at the same time, it gives the Jazz the chance next season, they can go out into free agency with, I think they have 38 mil, mm-hmm. to be able to add a third star to the core of Donovan Mitchell, Dante X, and Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles. Oh, it's going to be really good, and and they can be like, and if a guy is like, okay, um, um, I want to, I want to go, and I think that thirty eight mil is if they don't renounce um, favors too. So I mean, they have some, they have some. Actually, no, it's if they renounce favors, but they can go out there with favors still on the books until July sixth and be like, oh, guess we didn't get our guy. Hey, favors, we're back. Let's roll. Like they have mm-hmm. an insurance policy. It's insane how good that contract is uh, for Utah. I don't think they're getting any contracts that are that favorable next offseason with the amount of money that's out there, amount of teams that have cap space, and the amount of players that are going to be out there getting their getting that bread. Uh, but, man, uh, this this uh, offseason, they were really able to sign guys and get their guys for really team-friendly contracts. Mm-hmm. I, I, one thing we did not say about Exum's contract is – it's definitely going to be, I think, in, by the end of next season, it's going to be one of those contracts where people are going to be like, oh, man, they, they got they got Exum for, for two more years at $11 million. Damn. Yeah. Like, I, well, I, I definitely because... think it's going to be that because they're going to look at him and be like, to get an A-class defender like that and a guy who can run your offense is going to at least cost you about 15 to $20 million next year's offseason just with the amount of money that's available mm-hmm. it, the, the people's people's value is going to be inflated next year similar to how how players value were players value were was uh uh they were being overvalued in 2016 with like ryan anderson getting like 24 you had Mozgov and all of that like similar it's going to be a similar story oh absolutely it's it's just Dennis Lindsay did a great job, and then at the same time is also free to make big signings next off season. So we get to see, uh, you know, healthy Rudy Gobert, see how well Ricky Rubio does in the system now that he's comfortable, and if he can play that well, then you can either re-sign him or you have space to do whatever you want. You have Derek Favors, who, you know, you can see how well it does. Does it go to another level? Do they? Does he figure out a three-point shot a little more and stuff like that? It's just. Dennis Lindsay's given himself flexibility. He didn't trade any first round picks this year while moving forward. Uh, I feel like it's been a home run off season. I, I th- think it's been really good. Yeah, I think it's been amazing off season. I think one of the great things about Dennis Lindsay in this off season is he he almost like created a save point. You know when you're about to hit the boss. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this strategy is wor- going to work. I'm going to save right before, and then if not, then I'm going to go back to the save. Mm-hmm. Utah has done that with this offseason. Like, he's like, I know we have a good roster, so let's see how far they can take us. And I created a save point where we have all of our cap space for next season. So if it doesn't work out, we can go right back to the, where we were with the same, with the same core and shake it up a bit. 
Like mm-hmm. there, there is very little, there is no long-term risk because guys who are coming off the books next season, Rubio, Favors, um, Tabo, um, uh, Cra- uh, no, not Crowder. Um, who else? Burks. Um, that's a big, and that's a huge, that's going off. yeah. That's why I don't think when people are like, man, they got to trade Burks. I'm like, eh, do they though? Like, do they, do they really? And, and <laughs> because, because what, like you're able to go out into free agency and a, if you swing on free agency, you bring, you bring back Rubio and you bring back favors and everything is cool. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, if you do uh, take a swing and you're like, bam, like what's going to be great is next year's free agency. Like I know there's a lot of big teams that have a lot more cap space, but are they desirable? Like that's the biggest thing. It's not like, it's not like the big time free agents are like, man, I really want to play with $32 million. They want to play mm-hmm. with Donovan Mitchell or they want to play with Paul George. They want to play with stars. They want to, they want to have a team. Like, no guy's going out there and be like, man, why'd you sign here? Oh, man, the excess cap space that was here was incredible. Like, <laughs> like no one signed for cash considerations. Like, they signed for cash considerations for themselves, but they're not signing for what's left over. They're, sign- they're signing for their team that they're going to play with. And next season, you have an even better Donovan Mitchell. You have an even better Dante Exum. You have, an- you have Joe Ingles, who, by the way, Every player wants to have that dude on on his team. They don't want to play against him. They want him on their team. Um, and, and and you don't know what's going to go on with Ricky Rubio if he wants to sign more of a team-friendly deal because he just likes Utah and he likes the camaraderie. Like, if you have a winning team, those things start to uh, start, uh, start to open up. And that, that kind of brings me to kind of like the Spurs collapse that, that has happened mm-hmm. where where – we like to over the past like 15 years and i think it's funny because a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of nba fans who are younger the spurs are kind of like the jazz were in the late 80s and the 90s where you're like they're the pinnacle of consistency their guys are unselfish they only take care of themselves uh, they only take care of the team and the team is first the coach comes first and and we build we build like what's already good about them this good culture and then we inflate it because it, because it becomes a counterpoint to oh well lebron's not like that and dwayne wade's not like that so this good culture almost becomes holier than thou and we make it this almost it goes from being a culture to a cult where they're like mm-hmm. anybody who goes there is for the team anybody who goes there is a spurs player when they're not and and we've learned that like Tony Parker like slept with Brett Berry's wife. We have we have uh, <laughs> like we have and, and somehow because the culture of it was so big that never became a story. We have Tony Parker who's ditching out right now. We have Kawhi who who um, is the, the biggest diva imaginable, and just because he was quiet behind you know to the media for the for his first years of his, his career, we're like he's a, such a Spurs guy, and it, using him as as the example of the. The best, the best t- type of teammate and best uh, the guy who build your culture. When really the culture of it was Tim Duncan and Pop, and mm-hmm. then and then we placed those guys' personalities on everybody else who was on that team because they have to be if they get along with them, but they're not. And 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 
And we saw that with the Utah Jazz in the 90s with Carl Malone and John Stockton. It's like, man, if you join the Jazz and you're a Jazz guy, Jazz DNA, you're for the coach, you're you're with the coach. And then it all went to shit. Like then mm-hmm. it then it went then it was all de- you know Carl Malone left for the Lakers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> that's not Jazz DNA. And then you're like, but really, when you look at it, like <laughs> Carl Malone had had like has slept with an underage girl and had a child, and that child is actually an NFL star. And then you have um. And then you have uh, like the personality of John Stockton, but people place that personality on all the other players, like Jeff Hornacek and other guys. Jeff Hornacek wasn't, an, you know, every didn't stay with the Jazz. Matt Harpring didn't stay with the Jazz that entire time. Um, and then you get, and then that personality, though, that personality, the the for the team Jazz, they tried to place on the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, Mehmet Okur, Jazz. Like it's for the mm-hmm. team, it's the coach, and you're like, yeah, but then you have Andre Karolinko who has his plus one. Um, you have and kiddos. When I'm talking about plus one, him and his wife had a freebie that they could be with every single year. Yes, I'm talking relations, and and then he got his back <laughs> tattoo, and then Carlos Boozer was like, I'm heading for Miami when he wasn't even a free agent for another year. And he said it when he was injured on the sideline when they're interviewing him. They're like, rumor has it you're thinking about going to Miami. And he's like, I'm going to test free agency. You better believe that. Mm-hmm. And that was when his team was in playoff contention fighting for their lives. Then you had, Mem- then you had Darren Williams, who's surly as surly, who, broke, who, who definitely butted heads with literally everybody. And, and then, the, then the facade is gone. The facade is gone, and I think that with the with the Jazz now, the Jazz are the new Spurs. And what I worry is that we place too much of De- Donovan Mitchell's personality and these guys' personality on future players. Like we have mm-hmm. a great the Utah Jazz had an amazing team and a, an amazing camaraderie last year. And in in theater, we'd always talk about chasing your dragon. Like you'd have that one performance that was amazing, and you try to replicate it. We cannot place what happened last year, the feel-good story, the great times. We cannot say because of last year, they're going to be just as camaraderie. They're going to be just as happy with each other and everything. Last year was such an anomaly. We have to treat it as such. They can create, mm-hmm. but we, we, but next season, we need to remember that the Utah Jazz are going to be their own new thing. There's going to be a new new personality. They might be. They might turn out to be the Detroit Pistons, and they might be as hateful, like you know, this mean guy, like the Bad Boys Pistons, or they might be this root for type of guy, uh, just as much as last year. But we have to remember that the facade. Let's not let's not let the culture of last year create a cult for it going forward, and let the Spurs and the Jazz of past years be just an example of what. Just enjoy what you have. Enjoy what we're, what's going on. And let's just just enjoy it. Okay, there's my rant. <laughs> well, I know it's going to be a lot of fun, and I, for one, accept the Jazz Bad Boy crew and embrace it, whether anyone else likes it or not. Because here's the thing, uh, and it's just like Tyrion Lannister says in Game of Thrones: is you need to know what you are, because no one else is going to forget it. So you just have to embrace what you are, Jazz, and you are defense. You are tough. You get under people's skin, and you have. One of the most exciting and fun heads of the attack, the snake, whatever, the, in the league. It's going to be a blast to watch this team. And the cool thing about this team, too, and it's a, one of the benefits of having such a young and exciting 
superstar in Donovan Mitchell is that we're going to get a lot of national TV games next year. The Jazz are going to get a lot of pub. If and the Jazz press. don't open against Boston or play them on Christmas Day, we're doing this wrong. By the way, <laughs> like it's going to be. So it better fun. be opening. Like actually, no. It better be the be- the first damn game on the schedule playing Hayward. Like we've waited long enough. And I want to see, I want to see Donovan Mitchell go against Gordon Hayward in Utah, game one. That's what I want. I better have it. NBA, you better give it to me. We've waited long enough for this. Anyway, I I feel like we didn't talk enough about Derek Favors actually like his impact on the game. We talked about how it's a nice contract and that was and it's disingenuous to uh, to do this. So, but today. Um, Andy Bailey, he dropped an article, um, one of his his stats threads, and what I um, really liked was Derek Favors, and when people were like, he got way too much money for Derek Favors, and it's like, first off, he's 26th in the league in win shares, 26th overall. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an $18 million a year player to me. Um he averaged 17.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, 1.7 blocks, and 1 steal per 36 when he was at center, when when Rudy Gobert wasn't on the court. That sounds like an $18 million player. Um, oh, he, yeah. He posted career highs in box plus minus win shares and true shooting percentage. Among players with at least 400 rebounds in 2017-2018, Derek Favors' re- contested rebound percentage of 50 ranked second. That's just mm-hmm. insane. And then you look at among players who made at least 200 shots of, of the uh, in the range of zero to three feet from the rim, Derek Favors' field goal percentage trailed only one person in the league, and that's LeBron James. And then Derek Favors was eighth in dunks. Oh, by the way, he doesn't get he doesn't get as much time on the court because of Rudy Gobert. And Derek Favors is top ten in Utah Jazz history in offensive rebounds, total rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, and player efficiency rating. Like, the dude is a Jazz great, and it makes me really happy that the Jazz rewarded him. Um, I know we questioned last year whether he was going to be a big part of the Utah Jazz going forward, and the dude has put up, and it oh. is impressive just how much... Like, he's never going to be a 20-10 and 10 guy, and I think in the modern NBA, a 20-10 and 10 guy is such an old way of saying, like rating how good your big man is. It's such an archaic thing, just like being like, he has a lot of points, like points per game Twitter. So I think like this, this is huge. Oh, yeah. And the, one of the things you mentioned, too, is he's going to – he's getting paid and he's gonna, and he seems happy about it. And so he's going to be fine with that same role. He's not worried about getting those stats to get paid because the Jazz are paying him. And he can go out and just do all those things – in 26 minutes a night 25 whatever it is and all it does is uh just the jazz will just be solid from that's the the exciting thing about this team is because of the Derek favor signing the jazz are solid for 48 minutes a game Mm -hmm. there's no drop off like you have to you have to stick with favors the whole game or rudy gobert while at the same time dealing with um a better offensive team like Royce O'Neal's going to make a jump this year, and uh, Donovan's going to make a jump this year. If John Donovan Mitchell's spot up uh, jumper becomes what you hope it can, uh, things get pretty exciting for Jazz fans. And so, 
it's going to be a really exciting team. And Derek Favors is going to be a big part of it and going to be a reason that the Jazz – I I don't think we're going to surprise as many people. It still feels crazy to me that we have to explain that the Jazz are good all the time. I I think one of the things I saw is people were like, Utah Jazz next season, they're not going to surprise anybody, and that's going to cost them some wins. And I'm like – I don't think they were really surprising anybody. They had an 11-game win streak. Like after mm-hmm. that, any coach who was worth worth his salt was like, okay, dumbasses, we're playing the Utah Jazz. They've won 11 straight. Do I need to explain why why they're good now? Do, does anybody in this does anybody in this room feel like we can we can just take this one easy? Like mm-hmm. I, I feel the games at the at the beginning of that win streak were the games where you're like, okay, we probably caught Toronto off guard in Toronto. We probably caught Detroit off guard. Because I think those guys were going in there being like, these dudes are five games out from being the being the worst team in the NBA. Cool. Let's 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 roll. Versus at the end of that, the Utah Jazz were close to five hundred. They had a dude who was in the dunk contest. Donovan Mitchell was really coming into his own element, and Rudy Gobert was going in, going insane. And they were on ESPN practically every single night because of a Donovan Mitchell highlight. Like it turned. Like the, the I think what's so crazy about last year is how quickly they went from being no one's talking about them, and oh, check out the top ten highlight from Donovan Mitchell. Like, ha ha, that's cool. To Oh my gosh, are you seeing this Utah Jazz team? Like it, overnight, we, we went from almost writing draft articles to, oh my gosh, the Jazz are killing it. Mm-hmm. Which and so, and and I think the stardom of of Donovan Mitchell from he was like sharing our articles about him last year, like because he probably thought it was cool people were talking about him to. The dude is noticed in Thailand and China and the and middle of nowhere like Eastern Europe and and people are rocking his jersey in Spain. Like what a difference a year makes for for Utah. I think the biggest thing that worries me about Utah next season is the, the them believing they're too big for their britches. Mhm. They need to go in and not uh, exactly. They need to not uh, take their foot off the gas because they're a talented team. But I think they're not the type of talented. They're not the ta- type of talented team that can that can go in there and overwhelm through overwhelming talent. They're a, yeah. They they're, can't coast to wins. No, they're a team that executes. They're a team that's skilled. They're a team that um, prides itself in being more prepared than than others, and that's how they are able to just dominate. That's their skill set. That's who they are. My worry is that now that they're big, they're like, oh, we're, we're big time. Do-. And it's just like, just because you're on TV all the time and you're getting the awards and people are, are, are you know, are, are putting you on the gram does not mean that your skill set changed from last year. You're still the mm-hmm. same dude. You're still the same player. And, you're, and the way you won last year is, be, is because of the, the amount of work you put in. And so, that's my biggest worry going into next season, which is crazy to think that that's even. If you would have told me last year when we were making our previews, be like, okay, next year you're really going to be worried that they think they're way better than they really are. I'd have been like, mm-hmm. did we sign? Did we sign J.R. Smith and Nick Young? Did LeBron come? Like, yeah, <laughs> like I, I, like I, w- it would be really 
I, I don't think I would have believed myself with that um, type of thing. So that's next year. It's exciting. I uh, I think that uh, because of the culture of the team, though, and the character of the guys, I don't think that's going to be that big of an issue. Uh, and Quinn Snyder, you know, is going to have three-hour practices that keep them honest. It's going to be good. Oh, I'm yeah. excited. Oh, it's going to be great. Well, well it's all right, I was going to say, it's yeah. been great. I think that's a... It's nice to be back to podcasting. We're back. We'll wrap it up. Well, guys, <laughs> check us out, first of all, on our namesake, slcdunk.com. Um, you can, uh, our most recent articles right now are uh, an in-depth feature on, on good old Derek Favors. And then also the Papa John's controversy, which I know a lot of you <laughs> absolutely love. So, um, and then we... <laughs> We uh, check us out on on good old Twitter at SLC Dunk. Check us out on the gram at SLC Dunk, and then you can hit us up on the SLC Dunk Facebook page. Which, by the way, SLC Dunk Facebook and Gram have grown so much this year. Uh, our man, the Griff, has done so well in taking care of that. He's he's our baby. So if you hate it, <laughs> it's all his fault. So, um, and then also. Of course, subscribe to this podcast. You got to subscribe. Hit us up on the SoundCloud. Hit us up on the iTunes. And then you guys have a good week because you know I will. Peace. Talk to you later.